welcome once again to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows, one of the shows that we have up on air and online 24-7 here at www.centerlefttalkradio.com. CenterLeftTalkRadio.com. We're, we're, we're recording this show today uh, on Columbus Day, the, uh, being celebrated this year on Monday, the 10th of October, uh, as it has been in so many years before, but not during uh, a two-year hiatus in, uh, during covid uh, there will be a parade in New York City. I, I can remember going to that parade any number of times. I can remember uh, having uh, an uncle who was a member of the Knights of Columbus, a largely Italian-American organization of guys who wear funny hats and capes and everything, but they're basically uh, a socially-oriented, community-focused kind of a group uh, with um, uh, Italian-American roots behind it. There's kind of a religious thing as well in there, but... um, my uncle was was kind of uh, was was pretty big within that organization i recall and i remember going down to the parade on 5th avenue on columbus day and sort of waving to uncle tom going by and everything and he sort of uh, proudly wearing uh, these rather uh, ermine uh, ermine trimmed uh, sort of i guess it's not a pirate's hat it's a it's a single one direction. It's not a. It's not a three-corner hat sort of a thing. Everything is sort of a a deep purple with ermine trim around it. Look, um, <laughs> it looks like not unlike many of the of the living rooms I used to see. <laughs> You know, that fellow Italians uh, had back in the Bronx and Brooklyn when I was a kid. But be that as it may, and, and the day is designed, it, it's always been seen here in New York City, or in, well, I'm, on a, I'm a suburb of New York, I'm just north of New York City, but it's always been seen here in the New York City area as the Italian day. The day, kind of the, this is the Italian St. Patrick's Day, never anywhere near uh, as large a celebration. Uh, The the, the St. Patrick's Day parade's been going for 200 and, I don't know, 60-something years. Before the American Revolution, there was a parade in New York City to celebrate St. Patrick, or at least to celebrate Irishness. Uh, the Columbus Day Parade here in New York, I believe, goes back, oh, something like 75 years. Not, not, you know, not quite a, certainly not two and a half plus centuries, but it has roughly the same purpose. It is a way of allowing uh, an ethnic group to celebrate itself and its own, and it's a, it's a natural and an and, and, and I would argue a uh, sort of a, it, it's sort of an ingrained part of, a, of New York. 
New York culture. The there's the Pulaski Day Parade. There's the Puerto Rican, the the Dominicans. All of these different groups have their day and their parade to sort of explain to themselves and the world uh, who they are, that they are uh, a positive force, that they have things to be proud of in their history, and that there is much to be said uh, for a self-identity that includes their historical roots, that the historical roots, unlike so many other cultures and countries, should remain somewhat distinct, that, 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 it, that it flavors in a positive way both their American experience and their American contribution. Now, Columbus is known, obviously, as the, well, I grew up believing, being told, that Christopher Columbus discovered America. It, it, it was put that bluntly and that simply. Well, it, it, you, it, it becomes pretty apparent when you uh, parse the story, just, just the, the easily knowable story part of that, that he did not discover America. If, if, if when you hear the word America, you imagine North America. It, that that would be what we're going. That that's that was what was in our minds as kids. What he did was come to the island of Hispaniola, which currently includes the Dominican Republic and Haiti. And in in the process of doing that, opened up a uh, a Western European trade well trade trade and and uh, would be fair to say exploitation um, channels there was the capability of western europeans to basically branch out from there throughout north and south america but columbus basically was limited to hispaniola and was operating not as a an italian he happened to be Italian, but he was a mercenary uh, in the service of uh, Ferdinand and Isabella, famous names in, in, in Spanish uh, royalty, the king and queen of Spain, who were also, by the way, the people who began the Spanish Inquisition, the infamous Spanish Inquisition, which basically... Uh, was directed at removing Jews from Spain. It's the same Ferdinand and Isabella. And Columbus basically finally was able to get his, his three-ship exploration group uh, funded by Ferdinand and Isabella, who basically were in competition uh, with the Portuguese of that time also, in trying to get whatever was available. Columbus was out to find something that had been hinted at for quite some time. But the notion was there would be a payback 
Yes, on the one hand, the Spanish wanted to convert whoever and whatever they found. There was, there was, always, a, there was always a religious dictate in these explorations. There would be, uh, the, the, depending on the audience, I suppose, you were speaking to or, or how you were trying to encourage popular support for the exploration, you would, you would, it was necessary, the Spanish felt, or, or maybe it was just within their culture, maybe they just believed this, that the balancing act, the, the thing that gave them permission to exploit that which was in the possession of either nobody or primitives was their, uh, their, their role in moving the Roman Catholic Church into the places where they were exploring. And, and, and in doing that, there was the sense of a, a, a fair and God-blessed trade-off. We are bringing God, our God, our religion, our structure, our civilization, if you will, to people who would, according to the beliefs of the time, and, and still within, I believe, to some extent within Roman Catholicism, to people who will otherwise, at best, die and end up in purgatory permanently, whatever that is supposed to be. Purgatory was sort of an invented place. and I think it came somewhere in the Middle Ages or you know, it, it was this in-between heaven and hell thing, this waiting room, uh, and but you could be in the waiting room forever. Well, the best an unbaptized soul could hope to be would be uh, hanging out in purgatory, assuming they lived uh, a reasonably moral life. I, I don't know. I don't know how that context would have been established. The much simpler thing would be to simply convert them however necessary because souls were soul baptized souls were the only thing that could go to heaven and by the way it made for uh, <laughs> they they made for 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 good people uh, to be recruited and do the work that was necessary wherever these missionary groups uh, sponsored by Spain that at that time, I mean, this went on to this went on to the West Coast, of course, all the missions up and down the West Coast. It helped to have people who were on your side, who were brought in, who became economically dependent on you, who were receiving many, many advantages uh, coming through a, a, a quote, civilized, comparatively civilized society that was essentially taking over. And that society had it in their head, remember, that there was a right to do this that came with delivering the goods, the theological goods justified the worldly grab, as it were. Now, if, if we were living back then... Um, and if, if we could be, it'd be difficult, of course, because we would be living within the context of the time also. But if you could sort of go and take a time machine and go backwards and look at it, well, you would probably have the same divisions that you have. There would be a culture, it'd be a perfect culture war, sort of a locale. 
uh, to have the libs versus the, the, the Trumpians or whatever, whatever the hell terminologies you want to put on it. It, it, it. it really would be a simple way to play it. And of course, that would be that would ignore the far more complex uh, structure of the situation as it was evolving. And I, and I say that because we have, from the, the liberal side of the equation here in recent years, uh, begun creating something, uh, a, a, a holiday, if you will, or, or something which is currently going through, con there are two different bills, I understand, going through Congress, to create an alternate holiday on the same day as Columbus Day. And it would be called Indigenous People's Day. You, you've heard of this, undoubtedly. To my knowledge, to my knowledge, it's the only time in our history where a, well, Columbus Day isn't a national holiday. It, 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 it's, a, it's a, you know, if, if, you know, if you've worked in an office and you, well, you know, you could choose to take Columbus Day as, as one of your holidays, you, you know, we, 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 but you, it will be, it, it'll tick off your personal days or it, it's, it's just, it doesn't have federal status, and very few companies, if any, offer basically a day off automatically uh, that does not, uh, is not counted against other stuff that, they're, that, they're, um, that their employees you know, have in terms of, of their package, their benefit package within human resources. Schools... And some public offices do have off. I, I know for a fact that the, the union that, that manages the, the facility where we are here up in Westchester, uh, their union people have the day off. So I know that schools get off, but it's never risen to the level of a federal holiday, at least not yet. And as I say, to my knowledge, it's the only time that an alternate holiday or an additional holiday has been proposed to be celebrated on the same day as an existing holiday. Well recognized, not as I say at the level of federal holiday, but a holiday Nonetheless, where a number of people have a day off, it has all the trappings, it has the, eth the ethnic affiliation, it has everything. But here's this, well, it winds up counter-holiday suddenly being projected and promoted. What's up with that? Now, it, it winds up Columbus did some nasty things. Uh, they were they were rather uh, damaging to the local population. The Tahino Indians that were there at the time uh, were really badly treated by the religious groups that were brought over by Columbus. Columbus himself over the course of several trips back and forth, began setting up the exploitation channels, and a number of very, very nasty things were done to the Europe uh, by the Europeans, who felt, again, 
that they had the right to do what they were doing. They had the right to impose both their political and religious concepts on lesser types. This was a given. And Columbus was one of the first of the Western Europeans to, to do this. He was, he, he, he kind of set, he set the standard. He, he kind of, he invented the mold within which Portugal and Spain and to some extent France later on and England, of course, after that, would all operate under very much the same concept of we have a natural right to exploit this other area. The, the Spanish moved into, into uh, Florida and that area. The English started moving in. The Dutch started moving into the northern areas around New York State and, 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 and all that. The French moved into uh, the, south, the entire uh, southeastern and much of the eastern part of the United States into Canada. The Spanish kept moving in through South America, moved north, took Mexico, started moving west, took much of what is now California, there was this, this movement to go and take over someone else's or take over a new land because there was a, a natural permission that these people envisioned operating in their favor because of both their cultural superiority and their, in many instances, their religious beliefs. We have a right to do this. We have a right to push ourselves forward. Columbus was by no means unique in many of the tactics that he either used directly or basically gave approval to, or that basically were done after he... he, he but he did create... He was the first to basically get people uh, to, to, to the methodology that he set up for colonization was one that was repeated again and again and again. There was nothing uh, terribly uh, <laughs> elegant about it. It was get there, subdue the locals, begin using their resources use the locals to basically uh, get rid, to, to basically either whatever the manufacturing process or the mining process, the farming process, get the locals to basically exploit themselves and keep them in line and make sure that it was done in God's name and Jesus would be plastered all over this and, and all that stuff. Columbus started this in what arguably is, you know, within the sphere of North America, within the Caribbean. And it was ugly. And it was nasty. And the things that were done to the natives were really, really bad. Which, though, begs a question. Now that we really understand, beyond the fact that we understand that, A, Columbus wasn't even the first to get to North America, we have absolute proof at this point that Vikings or, or some Norse group, northern, northern people, Norwegian, Sweden, somewhere, someone from the, those reasons, Leif Erikson is one of the names that keeps popping up, as far back as the 10th or 11th century, 
or maybe a little bit after that, there were Viking settlements in most definitely much more North America than Hispaniola on the actual coast of North America up in uh, in Newfoundland and even further south and there's some evidence that some of these settlements might have been as far south as Massachusetts. So there was European influence. There is less evidence of there being um, co-opting of native peoples by the Vikings. In fact, there's some evidence of cooperative activity between the Vikings and the native peoples. But certainly there is no evidence that there were efforts to set up colonies, permanent colonies, that would then begin exploiting the locals and exploiting local uh, local resources for use back home. Or if they were going to be used, they'd be used locally, but in support of the political and cultural institutions and structures that were imposed by the people who came. The Vikings just didn't do it that way, or at least we have no evidence that they did it that way. So it, it, it just from a from a from an ethical or a moral or you know pick a word uh, p- perspective the vikings as awful as they were in so many other ways i mean you think of vikings within the context of of northern europe or northwestern europe or the co- or the raiding the raiding that was being done in ireland the raids that were done up and down the western co- you know you know the the one of the great one of the great uh, stories is that in many of the uh, christian uh, religious services of the time what was added in at the end was a prayer and God save us from the wrath of the Vikings. This was a common prayer during the so-called Dark Ages period of European history. There was nothing lovely, sweet, or charming about the Vikings. But their particular way, the, the footprint that we're aware of in North America was brief and did not contain all of the other elements that we know historically began with and spread out from the the methodology set up by Christopher Columbus, the first of that era to make it to arguably North America, but never really on the mainland, Hispaniola, quite a few miles off the actual physical North America. If, do you, if you think of Hispaniola, if you think of, of the Dominican Republic as America, well, then Columbus discovered America. Most people probably wouldn't. So, so on that level alone, there's a bit of an argument. But, but the issue here is this piggybacking of a new holiday. And it's consciously been done, I, I can't imagine this any other way, it's consciously been done to basically counter the Columbus narrative. And, and that narrative is one that's only really been developed, that the 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 historical roots and and specifics of the Columbus narrative is really only coming to light 
or being discussed openly in the last, I would say, I'd have to say 30 years. It, it, it wasn't there. No way in hell was it there when I was a kid. Columbus Day was just the day that the Italians had, and the Italians and the Irish were always in a bit of a competition. That's historical, especially in New York City. Who was going to get what jobs? The Irish were here first. The Italians came later. There was the language difference with everything else. None of that difference would have meant anything in Europe, but in America, there were all sorts of conflicts. What wound up happening? All well, the Irish kids married, intermarried. The Irish and the Italian kids intermarried. Blah, 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 blah. Standard American story. But it's taking that Italian story, removing the gloss of Christopher Columbus, standing in Columbus Square, you know, Columbus Circle in New York City, atop this long, this high column, and it's all wonderful and well stated, and he's the great explorer, and there's another statue of him in Central Park, and, and suddenly it's looking at the warts in a way that because which which negates blunts some of the the, the wondrousness of his of his uh, his activities, it says what he really was all about. It was money. It was gain. It was God will authorize it. All we have to do is bring God in. We can do whatever the hell we want with these people. He wasn't alone in doing it. He wasn't the last. He may have been close to the first doing that sort of thing. All that and the fact that it has the social uh, and the ethnic uh, uh, place within New York and uh, for, you know, th that this is the Italian's day versus the Irish day. And now you, you piggyback on that, the movement to create ethnic People's Day, to have a holiday on the same day. Well, if the question comes out, where do you stand on that? With the background I've just given you, and it's, I, I think what I'm telling you is, is, is fairly straight, honest, objective. <laughs> There is something to be said, certainly from a New York ethnic position of, for God's sake, don't mess with an Italian holiday. The Italian Americans have a right to this, just like the Irish have a right to theirs. Have the Irish ever done anything wrong? Well, they have. They, they also have a very, very large history of being wronged by the British. There's some pretty damned ugly things that have happened as recently as uh, 20 and 30 years ago until the Northerners and the, and the Free State people finally came to some kind of terms. Every time the word, the name, the word Belfast became sort of synonymous with terrorism, all of the bombings that were taking place in London, all of the, all of the killing that was done in the name of, of uh, Irish freedom, the Catholics versus the Protestants in the North, the Orange marches, everything. There, there's a bunch of stuff in very recent history that I imagine could be used to negate our sympathies towards free state Irish, who, by the way, incorporate something like, or, or in, in recent years, as recently as, I know, 20 years ago, uh, it was said that approximately 40% of all Americans 
had some connection through Scotch-Irish lineage. That, that's an awful lot of people. Should we be discussing changing these ethnic holidays for everybody? I mean, Steuben Day Parade, the Germans just had there. Well, for God's sake, there was World War II, there was Hitler, there was the Nazis. Should we be removing that day? Should we go, how dare you celebrate German heritage when, when German history has been so awful? Where, how far do we take this? Uh, <laughs> it's not easy. It's not an easy, like, like most things, there are the easy, new, new, you know, knee-jerk sort of uh, culture war reactions that, that pass as solutions. But there, are, there is also the need and I think the obligation to study situations like this more carefully and to make a reasonable and thoughtful decision about something like adding a holiday that would obviously uh, and, and is already intersecting with and super, in some ways, depending on your point of view, superseding the existing Columbus holiday. Should we do this? Should we have a indigenous people's day? I, I, I think that's great. I think it's very important. I mean, I, I don't know. You know, we, we, there are so many different Native American tribes. It's like, it would be like taking all of Europe and saying, let's have a European day. No, wouldn't the Algonquins want a day? Wouldn't the Mohegans want a day? Wouldn't the, wouldn't the Sioux, wouldn't the Apache, wouldn't that, you know, on and on and on. Shouldn't there be, everybody should have a right to be able to express their particular culture, right? But we are, given what we did to these people, what the Americans did to many of these people, the, the, the rather nasty stuff that was done to them, if, if, not in, if not with a pure religious context, often it was, often it involved taking, once, once you'd subdued the people, you took their kids and you re-educated them, and there were all these re-education facilities, some of them closing as recently as 25, 20, 25 years ago or less all over the country, these, these, these forced reacclimation activities. Yeah, damn it, the, the, the Native American people deserve a holiday of their own. They deserve recognition. Do they deserve to have this? And, and, and of course, the people, the, the off-continent, the people of the Caribbean and, 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 and the Tahinos, it is especially the Tahinos who were the residents of Hispaniola, who and Puerto Rico for that matter, and who got virtually wiped out almost completely. The culture and just the physical population was wiped out by European disease. Some of it consciously spread, by the way, in order to subdue these people. Well, yeah, yeah, the native, the native peoples of the Americas. By God, they deserve a day. Should it be set up as a counterpoint 
too that, that's what we've been aiming for all the way. I've, I've been just giving you all of the parameters here. Should it be set up as a counterpunch, as it were, to Columbus Day? I don't know that it's necessary to do that. I think, personally, I am absolutely for an Indigenous People's Day. Is there enough compelling need to put it out there so that it is literally organized and placed as an affront? And that's, a, let's be honest, that's what it is. It's an affront to Columbus Day. It would be the same day, who knows how it would be celebrated, who knows if it became a national holiday and suddenly Columbus Day wasn't, but Indigenous Peoples Days. This is, it's, 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 it's a sharp stick in the eye. It's, 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 it's basically, it's a slap in the face, an intentional slap in the face to the Italian-Americans and Columbus and all of that and an established process in New York of every ethnicity getting their day. And the Italians are a major ethnicity, obviously, in New York and around the country. So where I come down in the end is that, A, let's tell the truth about what Columbus did, which is fine. We should. He started a process. But let's also celebrate the achievements of Italian-Americans. And we can do that pretty much at the same time that we, we sort of honor the name of Columbus, but we honor the achievements more of Italian-Americans that have come after him. And if there's going to be an Indigenous Peoples Day, it should be on a different day, a day other than Columbus Day. That's that's I'm sorry. That's just how I feel this should be. I don't I don't see the value. I don't see that an Indigenous Peoples Day is that much more meaningful because it's able to stick it to Columbus Day. You, you you'll never be able to undo the Columbus story, the real story, and so that will be part of the story of Indigenous Peoples Day, whatever day it's, we choose to celebrate it, and we should. But it doesn't, have to t it doesn't have to specifically ride on the shoulders of, push down, be a counterpoint to another existing holiday. Now, I, I, there's plenty of argument to be put back and forth on that. But I come, my position is there should be an Indigenous Peoples Day. I am absolutely in favor of that, just not on the existing Columbus Day. But we should also be very aware of the reality of what Christopher Columbus did and what he set in motion in terms of European exploration and exploitation in the name of God. What's your thought? It's, um, it's, it, it's, it's just worth talking about and thinking about. One way or the other, there's going to be a parade today. And, uh, oh, if, if I was a kid and I, had other, I didn't have anything else to do, but I do, 
uh, I might very well go down and, and watch it because I just love watching New York City parades. It's a great thing, and especially a lovely thing on what promises to be a beautiful fall day. Now, as, as rare as it is to have a, a recorded show, doing a show on, on a, and today's a Monday, by the way, but Columbus Day always is. Well, we're, we're going to do something else equally unusual and rare for Center Left Radio. We're going to have David Bach on today. Uh, Dave's schedule is such that this is the day that he, this is the time he has to join us. So we're going to make it, uh, rather than the Friday show, as we call it, we're going to call this the, well, for this time, for this day, the Monday show. And David will help to, uh, being the reason for calling it that, David will be here to offer his thoughts in just a moment after a little jazz. This is Richard Gazer. You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. And it costs money to do it. Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. You come to center-left radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. 
and we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial progressive programming, and we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Think of it this way. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, give whatever you can. On a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, $5, $10, $1,000, whatever you can contribute to make center-left radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident. And as we seek to hold the House Democrats accountable for the promises they made to the American people during the last election. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Central F Radio, thank you. You're listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz, and you're listening to us on the web at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. You can pick us up as either a podcast or a radio loop. We're not going to go through the story of all that right now. You know how it works. What you also know from a little earlier promoing work in the show is what I'm about to say on a Monday of all days, but... It's great to be able to say it any old time. David, what's on your mind? Uh, well, there, there's a decent amount going on. But generally, if you want to find me, you can listen to me. Or you can follow me on Twitter at, uh, at Fresh at Faces Ideas and occasionally on Twitch at uh, twitch.tv slash Fresh Faces No Ideas. Okay. Um, All right. I haven't been able to stream recently. I've been uh, very busy. But uh, let's uh, get through news. So, there's a couple of things. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the Hunter Biden thing. You talk about Herschel Walker and then the uh, the marijuana stuff. So ah, yes. Hunter Biden thing. Yeah. Um, there was a, a leaked report from a source to the FBI to this one reporter. This reporter has a history of getting these types of basically scandalous type of reports uh-huh. that are basically timed to hurt Democrats. Yeah, October surprise type things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're generally not right. I think this is also the same guy who broke the they're not going to uh, charge Matt Gates story. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. But let, let's, let, there's a couple things to be clear on this. One, Hunter Biden broke the law. Arrest him. I don't care. That's it. Uh, That's it. The other thing to this is the idea that they have to arrest Hunter Biden in order to make it fair to uh, to uh, charge Donald Trump is insane. Of course, of course, yeah. This is the type of oh, we have to be middle of the road, uh, you know, fair and balanced nonsense that promotes the right wing's uh, insanity. Yeah. yeah. To be clear, what we're talking about is, I believe, the charges for Hunter would have been, um. Mispossession of a firearm or 
or and then either some type of drug related case. Yeah, and he's had he's had his drug problems. That's 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 uh, known. Yeah. On the other hand, we're talking about Donald Trump, who has, at least on a couple of occasions, including last night, admitted that he has stolen, stolen, secrets, mis mis uh, mishandled them, and according to reporting, also planned to use them as leverage in order to get other documents that he needed. Oh, that's interesting. But 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 then again, wasn't it last night where he gave where he gave another sort of explanation for why this was a very presidential thing to do? Are you going to bring up this? <laughs> no. no, but my understanding. Well, I mean, last night he basically said he's like, "Yeah, I took it because I can. It's mine. They should return it to me." Well, like, wasn't there some story? And I, I, I got to figure out where this came up, but it came up recently that George Bush one, George Bush forty one. According to Donald, something he said at some rally, I think it was over the weekend, and again, I'm, I just my eyes just scanned this, he made some claim that George Bush 41 had a million pages of documents in a closed Chinese restaurant. Did you hear this at all? I did see this. I don't know what he's talking about. No, that's the I, whole point, yeah. <laughs> my understanding is even Jed Bush tweeted about it, and he's like, yeah. I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> and, and, of course, and, and the storyline goes that basically immediately reporters are calling the former president's, uh, whoever handles his, 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 his insanity. No one has an answer. No one had any idea this was coming up. He just pulled it out of his ass, and basically, this is uh, let's let's see if this will work as an October surprise. But yes, if you're comparing if you're comparing Hunter Biden to Donald Trump, don't even bother, really. And let's also be clear about the, this other thing: if um, the same people who cry and whine and moan anytime the the Trump kids for the alleged things that clearly look like they did, yeah. like all of their charity scams, which I remind you some of the things that have happened to them uh, because of their charity scams are they stole from a child's cancer charity, and they're no longer legally allowed to run a charity in the state of New York because they keep robbing people. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Those are things that have happened. That's not due to uh, political hatred. It's because they're crooks. Yeah. <laughs> There, there are actually some facts left in the world. Yeah, yeah. So if the argument is they have to go after Hunter Biden, then we can clearly go after the Trump kids for the multiple crimes that they've committed. That's, that sounds perfectly reasonable to me. Absolutely perfectly reasonable. Yeah. And, like, look, this boils down to two major differences. One, the level of the crime. And two... Um, what is it? Uh, oh yeah, if you want to make a tit for tat, that implies that you're just going to make stuff up. Which, to be fair, they have already basically stated. There are multiple of their their talking heads who've gone online and said, "Hey, look, the the AG needs to just charge Democrats with stuff sure, because they're going sure. after our supporters." Stuff, yeah, stuff, yeah. Why not? Um, yeah. But look, at this point, they're most of them are insane. Um, there's no point in arguing this. I, I, anybody who's argued with me on January 6th at this point is going to get a response that's basically mirroring everything they've said about January 6th. Exactly. Um, there's no uh, 
the BLM riots, they weren't done by left-wingers. Every single BLM riot was done by, uh, were right-wingers paid by um, the Koch brothers to make the leftists look bad. And if they weren't done, they were done by patriots doing their uh, First Amendment and uh, you're politically persecuting them. So yeah, yeah. Uh, there's that. Yeah, yeah, that, there you go. Yeah. Um, but there is something else that was very important on those rallies, and this really is frustrating that it's not being talked about more. There was, I want to say it was the Nevada Secretary of State candidate basically saying, hey, look, if I win, the Democrats aren't ever going to win an election in, while I'm in charge. Oh, that's like, interesting. The, the actually came right out and said that. That was not, his campaign. Not directly, but he implied that that oh, was what yeah, was going on. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's, uh, that's the point. That's 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 why we had that that that's what the three Supreme Court justices that are there right now who lied during their hearing said that they you know they were not going to change Roe v. Wade and then went ahead and did it. Uh, I, I I wish they had the guts to at least admit to what they were going to do and did anyway. Even even if it did open them up now, they're opened up to perjury and they're opened up to being impeached. But the Nevada guy running for Secretary of State left no doubt certainly in your mind and I'm sure if he did left no doubt in your mind he left no doubt in his in the in his in the minions mind that this is what he intends to do or wants you to believe he's going to do yeah i mean look it's got to be pointed out how much of a threat to democracy these people are and how yeah. open they are yeah 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 but i'm actually happy you brought up the the abortion thing so let's just talk about um Herschel Walker first oh yeah <laughs> look, a, a rather roundabout way to get there but yeah <laughs> He is. He was unqualified before this. Oh yeah. yeah. The Herschel Walker. Basically, my under so at this level we are now like four layers deep into his lie, where he not only knew the woman, paid the woman, he also had his current wife in charge of all of the other wives, making sure that they. Like didn't is this is this this story is so insane? But the point of it is the real important point of it is is that they have no they don't actually care about children, which is blatantly obvious based on all their other problems. Yeah, they they couldn't care less about him. They they don't give a damn. He's just we got to just put a body in there, and we got you know we we got one black. They've got they've got their black body. We've got our black body. Ours has a mind, has a soul, has has intelligence, has integrity, has a uh, um, a you know it, it has actually a uh, a theological degree, and is a practicing minister. Theirs is just you know some I don't know what the hell to call Herschel Walker. He's 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 a head case, the poor guy, you know. But but there he is. Yeah, and here's the other thing. Um, it's not. Let's be very clear about what the right wing is okaying. There's two things here. One, uh, Dana Loesch came out and said, he's like, look, I don't care. We need the, we're doing this to get control of the Senate. So it's yeah, that's it. That's it. Sake. That's it. But the other thing is, following their own logic, the thing that they are now okay with Herschel Walker doing is the murdering of a child, potentially right. multiple children, because I think right. it's right. been a right. couple of them. Right. This is a thing so extreme they want to throw doctors in jail. This is a thing so extreme that 10-year-olds have to carry their rapist baby. Yep. This is a thing so extreme that women with cancer are suffering more because the doctors can't perform um, uh, 
treatment on them for fear that it might hurt the fetus. That's this right. This is so yeah. extreme that they're going to force atopic pregnancies, a thing that has never resulted in an actual pregnancy and will kill the mother yep. to happen. Yep. And yep. they're just saying, oh, it's okay if he doesn't. Yeah, and saying it to our face and knowing damn well that what they're doing is saying something that they don't, that basically is is reprehensible. And it's reprehensible to them. The only point of any of it is to gain and garner and utilize power. That's the only, 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 only point. There is no moral, there's no moral justification, there's no ethical basis. They know it, everyone else knows it, and yet they're going ahead. It's the, it's the ultimate uh, uh, Karl Rove, uh, you know, sort of swift boning on, on hyper-steroids way of approaching things. But the Republicans seem to accept it among themselves that it's okay to go this way. And the Democrats, we seem to be ultimately accepting that they have that they're that they're they're running on empty, they're running on fumes. But this is just how they're going to run. And there's a group of people there who basically applaud every little stinky fume that comes out of their tailpipes. I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Uh, we have to just keep putting. Me- you, you have to. You, David thank God, are out there putting out these messages and they have to be out there. I, I yeah, can't think I mean, of what look, else. It's very obvious that like they hold different standards for things. Yeah. They just prove it over and over again. The, um, it's, it's just frustrating they're not hammering this message is blatantly uh, obvious. Like Warnock is like, yeah, you know, I don't really want to talk about it. Yeah, talk about it. Yeah, Point I it think out. you have Make to. Make it very yeah. clear. Yeah, yeah. I like, think... Oz and... and um, and uh, Walker shouldn't be within 10 points of their opponents. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good point. That's exactly that's exactly how much daylight there should be, and there should be more than that, yeah. But... Yeah, but it's... Like, Blake Masters is doing kind of okay, but I don't think he's going to win. I don't even know what J.D. Vance is doing. Yeah, uh, I haven't I haven't kept up with that at all. I have not kept up with that. It's, 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 it's amazing. I find it amazing just how blatant and an unvarnished the the pure power grab aspect of the Republican Party is right now. No one seems to care anymore. They don't care among themselves that there is no moral or ethical basis for running a particular candidate. They don't care about lies. They don't care about anything. It's in your face. We want power. Does, what does that suggest on our side? And I'm going back to, to Raphael Warnock on this one over here. I think that you can be just so nice for just so long with these people, and you have to start pounding the hell out of them. He's got to pound the hell out of Herschel. I mean, not like a fire-breathing, you know, a preacher, but he's got to basically nail this guy and put him in the corner and put him where he belongs, unless there's something going on in Georgia politics that would suggest he shouldn't. I don't know of anything. I haven't heard him say something. Have you heard Warnock say why he's not? Or you know, cause there seems to be this this kid gloves attitude on his part. It's, I don't no, look. It's it's this idea that if Democrats get too hostile, it'll reflect poorly on them. But th- those are old rules. <laughs> those are, this the, is not a this is not a thing where we can pretend that we're we're dealing with sane rationale. No, the, the, those are the old rules. Those are the old rules. Hopefully. I, I, I honestly believe, I hope, 
that the day will come when those rules will be in play for all parties once again. But you, it's the old, you don't bring a knife to a gunfight. It, it, you just rarely win, you know, and, 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 and that's kind of the situation that I think Mr. Warnock finds, Reverend Warnock finds himself in right now, and he better, uh, you know, he better pony up and, and, and get and, and come with the proper equipment to the, uh, to the event. Um, it's not just him. It's all of the Democratic Party. Like Biden does it from time to time. He had that speech recently where he called a whole bunch of Republican socialists because that's what they call any time they're spending to help regular people. Right. Uh, because of the, the infrastructure bill and then them begging for, for funds. Yeah. Like it's, it should be plastered on every single ad in every single uh, district in Florida that every single every single Florida representative – voted against aid yeah yeah every not this is not exaggeration every single florida representative in the house and the senate voted against the aid for florida for the hurricane which they were just complaining about because they said oh we need to use it to we need to stop sending money to ukraine and send to florida but we're not going to send it to florida like it is so insane how this party has just decided, yeah, if there's a single good thing for people, we're just going to adamantly be against it. And every single one of our voters are going to be like, yeah, that sounds about right. Sure. No, it's it's like if, if we imagine as a political group that this is going to get in the way of our ability to take power. Well, everyone and everything be damned, including our base, including the people we represent. All that matters is that we have a culture war, us-them issue, and that we believe will be enough because we have such a dumbed-down fucking base right now. That will, that will be enough to stimulate their glands and basically get them excited enough to come out and a few more of them come out and vote for us. It doesn't matter that it doesn't, it doesn't bear any, any resemblance to a logical thought or reason or that it's an out-and-out -out lie, that it's total hypocrisy, that it's against the interest of everybody in their constituency. None of that matters anymore. And yeah, you got to come out and you got to kick ass. And exactly what you're saying, David, this should be plastered all over the state in every single ad. Hello, this guy who you're about to vote for for Congress voted against your interest. Just thought you might want to know. You know, yeah. Yeah, the, look, it is, there is objectively good things happening from the, the Democratic side. Um, we have the student debt relief, which I really hope that they start talking about the fact that the Republicans are advocating that you don't get it. They're, oh, yeah. They're suing, stop it. There are, there, are laws, there are lawsuits rolling out there. The question right now is the people who are bringing the lawsuits, it winds up, none of them really have standing. In other words, there's no one who has the right to bring a lawsuit against this because they just don't have a basis for being uh, an aggrieved party. How are you aggrieved by a forgiveness of loans for students? And they're, and they're racing around themselves trying to figure it out using the same bullshit logic that it's just where you did X, I'm going to do Y. You did black, I'm going to do white. It's going to be a culture issue thing and we'll just try to make something out of it. And yet, what is it? It is is basically saying to every every kid with a student loan, you're screwed. 
What, what's the way? I, I, I saw something. You, you've probably seen this. One of the Mexicans, there's, a, there's an ad in North Carolina right now that, that whoever was running it is saying that this is repaying money back to the rich. It's, it's, it's paying off rich people loans. That's how this is being described. Well, that's how they've been describing it the whole time, even though that's not accurate. But you know, it's totally inaccurate. I take take it from me. <laughs> I can I can tell you, tell you very certainly that's a lie. It's a total lie. Take it from all yeah. the kids, you know. But like, first off, you said that has no standing. You you seem to forget that that doesn't matter as long as it makes it to the Supreme Court. Well, um, yeah, and if it makes it to the court, the court will probably invent standing for them because or they'll just lie. Yeah, they'll lie about it. And, and, like they uh, yeah. did with the high school uh, football coach. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but, like, this is a good step. Like, the marijuana stuff is a good first step. Yeah, uh, yeah, And yeah. This, is, this is what I have to say a lot about what Biden, and this should really be his message. We've laid the, the groundwork for a lot of, like, really transformative uh, policies. Yeah. If you liked the child tax credit, we could have given out more. But every single Republican in Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema decided you don't deserve it. Right. Um, you like the student debt relief? We could do more if we had more uh, senators. You yeah. like the? I mean, I think the um, the marijuana thing is basically on its own uh, merit at this point because he basically told the the uh, the organizations, "Hey, you know, this doesn't need to be Schedule One. Just, just change it eventually when you can." Yeah. Um, I don't think that needs to be uh, uh, a legislation, but it could be. He could do it. He could do it under a pardon. And that you know, he could do it directly as a pardon, and basically there'd be certain qualifications and make sure that the person that he'd be pardoning was just a casual usage person who, under the old Rockefeller way of doing things, found themselves in prison for life. Although I think most of New Yorkers, most of the New Yorkers who got stuck with that law have already gotten out, but there's plenty around the country who are still being held for no reason at all, practically, at this point. Well, yeah, that's what other governors, people running for governors are saying. Hey, look, once, you know, if I do this, if you do this. And look, let's be very clear. The attacks on this are going to be racist as hell. Of course. Um, it's mostly it, black black and Latino people. You know, people of color are the ones who are in jail for all this stuff. Even though statistically it's like the same and the, the usage is the same, but it's it's just – look, it's going to be incredibly – Oh, yeah. Be, and it's going to be – because they're going to lie about it. So Tom Cotton already said this. They're going to let out violent drug offenders. It's like, <laughs> that's not who he's pardoning. There's no way in hell. But people who completed their sentence and are let out generally aren't violent offenders. They don't usually have that ability. Yeah. 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 And if yeah. we do let dry, violent people out, actually having a rehabilitative program instead of a uh, a punishment one, which is what we've always had, might be more effective seeing that we have the largest number of people in prison and our crime rate doesn't drop for that. Yep. Like deterrent is the wildest thing because it only works at the border for hurting people. Like they, they, it is. And the, this is the other thing. This makes me so mad. Um, can we get an answer to literally any policy? They rolled out their their uh, commitment to America. I still don't know what policies there. There are no policies in it. I happen to see it's just it's just it's a series of vague goals, and it's mostly a series of of of, of not vague insults 
uh, against, uh, you know, left policies, but with no solutions in there. No, no meat, no nothing. Here's what I'd like it to be. Here's how it should be. How do you get there? Huh? We don't have to tell you that. That's what it comes down to. Again, David, uh, we are, I am, I'm grateful you, uh, decided that you were, that you could take some time. I know your, your schedule's been crazy of late and I appreciate you uh, starting your Columbus Day morning with us. I, I did a whole thing on that as an earlier segment and we'll let that go for now. But uh, would you remind our listeners where they can get their next dose of David, please? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at, uh, at Faces Ideas and occasionally on Twitch at... Uh twitch.tv slash fresh faces ideas i imagine the next time i'll be on that is probably within the next couple of weeks doing just a basketball recap okay um, uh yeah yeah we'll we'll uh i'm sure everybody all of your regular listeners and viewers uh will be looking forward to that and and best of luck in continuing all the other stuff that you're doing right now you you have a busy life and that i guess and i think that's great um Thank you, listeners of Center Left Radio, for, for being with us on this Columbus Day and sharing, uh, as we share our thoughts with you, hopefully you share yours with us, uh, about uh, what, what America should be at this point. It's not. It can be. It will be. I, I, I simply throw out the, the notion of, of hope. Uh, as uh, not a blind uh, uh, idea of just, well, let's be hopeful for no good reason. No, there's, you have to work towards hope. You have to do something reasonable, and you have to basically aim very, very specifically to the specifics that will give hope. And there's plenty of ways of doing that. Our particular way here at Center Left Radio is to expose garbage and expose good. Uh, basically in an effort to give people a basis for thinking about where we can go and that becoming a basis for hope. We are the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. And it's that last of the three that I'd like to focus on right now as I wish you all a lovely day, thank David once again, and invite you to lay back and listen to a little jazz.
You've been listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. The movement, the bills to create an Indigenous People Day are alive and well in the U.S. Congress. But the question is, should that day be the same day as what is still Columbus Day? Should Columbus Day be removed? Should the Indigenous People Day be competing with it? Should there be a fight, an obvious conflict between the two? I'm honestly not sure. 